Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Hannah. <laughs> Hannah, I added a little pep in my step to the second half of that little intro and you look shocked. How are you this week? It just caught me off guard. <laughs> I feel better now that you've brought up the energy in here. Oh, good. Yeah. We're... Right before we started, we were both like, all right, we're doing this. Yeah, I actually just finished working out. And so <laughs> I was like... Feeling a little tired, and then, you know what? I said no, because I loved this week's movie. <laughs> it, it is the perfect, makes so no bad. sense, so bad it's, it's good. good movie. It is a movie <laughs> called Between Worlds, as I'm sure you can tell from the title of this week's podcast. But in brief, Nicolas Cage... No idea how we're going to explain this one. Plays Not a, a <laughs> slovenly truck driver... <laughs> Who loses, who loses his wife and daughter, but is able to reconnect with them in very mysterious ways. That is the most eloquent That's all way. You're going to say. That is the most eloquent way anybody can put this movie. Okay. What did you think of the way that you described this, or Both. of the film? Both. I mean, the way you described it was vague at best, but mm-hmm. also the way that they describe everything in the movie is also vague at best that is also true (laughs) (laughs) and what did i think of this movie sure i think i agree with a lot of the critics Mm. um which i will get into oh please yeah so (laughs) let's jump right into it hannah's segment is first where she's going to give us some background information on this movie so what do you got for us first this weekend between worlds it uh, we thought that with a name like between worlds what would you think this is about I did kind of think that it would be something mystical. Yeah, but I thought that maybe he would be living in purgatory. Right. I yeah. And also, I, have you seen the like cover art, whatever that's called? Actually, like the no. poster. Actually, no. The cover art. Cover art's close enough. Yeah. That's what they call it for. Like, have you seen the album? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the branches. Yeah. <laughs> like, does that describe how what this movie is either? No, this move. I, I need to blow this picture up real quick. I need to take a closer look at this <laughs> this this cover. Nicholas Cage, Franca Pontente. Yeah, they're like they're they're trying really hard to not give anything away, and they also try really hard in the movie when they're explaining the plot to not give anything away because Steve and I had no idea what was going on. So. All right, so how this movie breaks down, the first 15 minutes, you have no clue what's going on. Then within about another 10 minutes, you know everything that's going on and nothing changes for the remaining hour. Except the one plot twist that we guessed. Oh my God. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Because you figure it out as a normal, smart audience goer. (laughs) And that's it. But the cover or or the movie poster for this movie... Describes nothing. No, it's... Adds... It does not add, and it does not take away. The ca- the subline is, there is a fine line between pleasure and pain. What the fuck does that mean? But there's a picture of an <laughs> older blonde woman and a younger blonde woman, so you're like, well, maybe he's Are they having a- an the affair. the actual actresses? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that sort of happens, but we'll get into that once we get into the plot. Oh my God. Okay, Between Worlds, 2018. Yeah. It has a 4 out of 10 on IMDb and a 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is one of the more divisive movies that we've seen among critics. People either think this is masterful Masterful. or people think that this is a dumpster fire. Well, it's definitely a dumpster fire. (laughs) But it's it's like fireworks setting off a dumpster fire. It's like, I love to look at it. A lot of people have compared it to Twin Peaks. Neither Steve nor I have seen Twin Peaks, so we wouldn't know no. what they mean by that. No. <laughs> and we're <laughs> and we're not here to do the work. This is a Nicolas Cage podcast, Nick not a Twin Peaks podcast. Nick was not in Twin Peaks, therefore I will not do any research on Twin Peaks. Sorry if that makes us lazy, but that's just the name of the game at this point. We've seen a hundred of these. Wait, there's movies. a lot of there's a lot going on. Um, some people have described this as the raciest performance of his career, which it, I would agree with. It's up there for sure. Roger Ebert, the uh, famous critic, yes, 
usually likes Nicolas Cage. Mm. Um, he's usually pretty favorable. I I don't think I've gotten into any of his reviews recently because I believe I I usually will dip into the critics when I don't have much else. Yeah, I have a lot on one scene. But I would like to save it until we get to that scene. Okay, I know the scene. And then otherwise, yeah. I don't have a ton. Okay. So I I took a I took my toe and dipped in into Roger Ebert's review of Nick Cage's performance, and I agree one hundred percent with what he said. Okay. And I think you will too. He said Nick shows up to play, but what does this say? <laughs> oh, watching it looked like watering. He said Nick shows up to play, but watching him feels like work. Yeah. He said, I know this may entice some readers to watch after describing some of like the chaos that oh, is okay. happening mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like if you just read a review and if you just listen to our podcast, you're going to be like, wow, that sounds horrible. I want to I want to see it. And he says, I know this may entice some readers to watch, but let me let me assure you, this may sound amazing, but you really, really just don't want to go there. No. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> I mean... I mean, if you want, if you really want to watch a piece of shit film, yeah. watch this. Like, if yeah. you really want to see some cagey nonsense and get no value add out of it, other than like enjoyability. Yeah. yeah, this is this is akin to like not as good or not as so bad it's good as like a Deadfall or like a Left Behind. Yep. Where don't watch these movies particularly by yourself. <laughs> No, watch, watch it, it with a with watch a friend it with or friends two. that like have a you drink. can laugh with. Yeah, yeah, have a drink. Yeah, and enjoy like, yourself. Don't exactly. expect to get anything out of it. No, don't just... expect to put anything into it. If you do put anything into it, I'm sorry. We had to. We had to pay attention to this. You don't need to pay attention in order to, like Steve said, you know exactly what's going on. Not in the first 15 minutes, no. but as soon as like minute 15 hits, you're like, oh, that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's it's glaringly obvious. And then they later reveal the thing that we knew was happening later in the movie. Right. And they play the music like, and we're like, no We got it. So, Hannah, I have a very important question for you. I found out this week that it is a very popular podcasting format to watch a movie minute by minute. In each episode of the podcast, they break down another minute of that movie. Oh my God. What Stretch it out. What Nicolas Cage movie would you podcast minute by minute? I mean, always National Treasure. National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's say National Treasure's off the table. Um, I think Deadfall's a good one. Deadfall's a good one. Face Off would be a good one. Face Off might be a good one, yeah. Because I'm sure the scene where their faces are switched is longer than one minute. So you <laughs> you have to just keep watching that over and over. Yeah. 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 Deadfall. Oh, Wicker. I don't know. I don't want to watch. Oh, the, Wicker the Man Wicker, would be pretty the, good. Yeah. But like the 75% of the movie is him like running around this <laughs> village. Punching women in the face yeah. indiscriminately. <laughs> Getting stung by bees. <laughs> just Pratt falling down a hill of bees. <laughs> Oh, that's like a full minute it really so is. that would be a full episode but then there would be an episode of him like walking from one place to the other <laughs> <laughs> all right season three of through dick and thin is no be, way we'll do a minute by minute hell no <laughs> we'll pick that's one. so funny though i didn't know yeah. people do that yeah apparently people do wow mm-hmm I have heard of the, uh, before I get back into this, mm-hmm. I have heard of the other podcast. It's called like the worst idea ever created oh, or something. Where they watch the same terrible yeah. movie it's every like, day for a it's year. It's like Grown Ups 2. It's always a terrible sequel. I think it was like Sex in the City 2. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was Sex in the City 2 and it was Grown Ups 2. And I don't know always if they've done others. Yeah, I don't know if they've done others or not. But yeah, it's a great premise. Ghost Rider 2. Ghost Rider every day. Oh God, that would be every week draining. or every day or however often they have to. Is it every day that they have I to watch know. it? I think it's every week. Oh my God. Yeah. Still. Talk about Stockholm syndrome. Right. There's probably a bell curve. Yeah, there's probably a moment where you realize where you're like, oh, you know what? I actually like that. Yeah, there. and yeah. then you really think about it, and then you like fall into a deep depression. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a quintessential bell curve right there for you. <laughs> All right. 
This movie was shot. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the ratings, like I said, they're higher than you'd expect. But it's because like this spectrum of like no one agrees on this movie. Mm. Some people love it. Some people hate it. So it falls somewhere in like the 30 range. It was released in Spain and it had a box office um, revenue of 146,669 US dollars. I cannot tell you what the budget was. What is the, what is that in euro? <laughs> I did not do I'm I'm not here to do that type of work. I'm here to do the Nick Cage work and yeah. Nick Cage doesn't translate between or convert yeah. US dollars to euro um, every day, so I don't need that's, to. That's fair. Yeah, go listen to a USD to Euro to your podcast. conversion podcast. I'm sure that I'm sure there's one out there. For those it sounds fascinating. Nerds. Those finance nerds out there, they just love it. Um it sounds great. Yeah. Not for us though. No. Not for our listeners. Mm-mm. This is what you want to know. You want to know that this movie was shot in Alabama, in Mobile, Alabama, that it's the fourth movie, a uh, third movie that Nick Cage has shot in Mobile, Alabama, and then there were some scenes shot in Sweden. Okay. Don't know which ones those were. Okay. Can you tell? Um, is it any scene that's at like the love interest's house? I don't know. Because she could be Swedish. I don't know. She said <laughs> Wait, she was actually... German. <laughs> I meant to look that up. Yeah. Oh, where she's from. And like who she is. Who she is. <laughs> she's done nothing. Neither has the daughter. So there's three major players. The daughter's Australian. Oh, okay. I do know that. Okay. There's three major players in this movie, Nicolas Cage, a mother, and a daughter. So we'll, we'll just say that for right now, and we'll see what Hannah comes up with where this mother is from, because she has an undecipherable... Like indiscriminate yeah. accent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She is German. Her name is Franca Potente. Okay. <laughs> she was in the Bourne movies. Oh, really? I don't know what as... <laughs> waitress number three yeah <laughs> i don't know she won some bavarian film award for best young actress oh good for her not deserving in my opinion I, you've never seen it the movie that she unless she won it for this no not okay. for this and then penelope mitchell plays the daughter and she's known for being in the vampire diaries oh okay i've never seen that nor have I. but again she could be like waitress number four <laughs> yeah no Liv parker i don't oh, know so she's got a first and last name yeah and she, yeah, she's Australian. She's 29. Yeah. She'll be 30 this year. Wow. That's great. Should Next we send month, her something? We should probably send her something. <laughs> this movie was directed by a woman, which you would never know from watching. Shockingly. Shockingly. There are um, some lewd this moments. Is the raunchiest film I've seen in a while. I, I mean,. There are some really gratuitous moments in other movies when it comes to female nudity, but there are some moments in this movie that you're like, I cannot believe a woman directed this. I guess that's kind of liberating in a way. I guess. Like, do men always need to direct, like, raunchy films? Why can't women? No, just that, you know, (laughs) so what we mean is there are several graphic sex scenes. Yeah. and, (laughs) And so... You know, usually when a scene is filmed in that way, it's, you know, by a male. And then when a female directs... In like a gross type of way. Yeah, in a gross... When a female directs a sex scene, it's usually a little bit more elegant and refined. Yeah, this is not elegant because or refined. Because guys just want to see boobs. That's all it comes down to. You don't really see that many. Yeah, that's true. You, you see more... You, you see precisely three boobs. <laughs> So anyway, the director is a woman, and I haven't mentioned her name, which I think is more important than Probably. anything else. Her name is Maria Polera, and mm-hmm. she's not known for anything other than this. Really? Nothing? How do, Nothing how do people get these movies? I don't know. But when asked about what his inspiration was for this film, because usually Nick Cage has some like crazy story about how he was inspired or some sad, like, sad story about how he was inspired. Sure. He said his full inspiration was just working with the director. He said that she is unique. She is gifted. She has very clear vision of what a raunchy yet heartfelt and comical approach to how she wanted to use Nick Cage's abilities would be. Okay. I guess under that perspective, it makes sense. Like she did. I don't know. She used him, I guess, as best as she could. Absolutely. For what the plot like that. 
I don't oh, know. God. A, a better director. <laughs> the writing. <laughs> the better director would have reeled them in at the end. We'll talk about that. The the writing is just so unforgivable. It's weak. The writing in this movie. <laughs> It's so cringy, and Nick, what he said about like any of those cringy moments in an interview, he was saying that like the cringy scenes to the audience just make me laugh, so I That's approach fair. it in that type of way, so that I don't feel like secondhand embarrassment myself. <laughs> I just think it's funny, and well, I'm like, for, "That's cool." Well, for him, it's not secondhand embarrassment; it's firsthand embarrassment because he's in it. <laughs> he, yeah, <laughs> touche. <laughs> Stupid Nicolas Cage. We love you, buddy. Man. Um, and then this is his fourth time playing a character named Joe. I noticed that. They called him Joe, and I was like, he's been Joe a lot. Obviously, the movie Joe. Do you have the other movies where he's been Joe? You can I do can that, that work <laughs> yourself. One second, please. What do you want for dinner? Food. Mm. Can you leave this in? <laughs> <laughs> I want sure. people to know that when I ask Steve what he wants to eat, he says food. <laughs> uh, his name was Joe in Bangkok. Dangerous. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. There's one more. We'll find it. Why don't I just do control F? What am I doing? Why am I? Just why don't you like learn how to use a computer? Wind talkers. <laughs> he was Joe in wind talkers. His name was Joe Enders. All right. So wind talkers, Bangkok dangerous, Joe and... Between, Between worlds. worlds, I had to look and see what this movie was called. And Untitled Joe Exotic Project. My God. Yeah, that's coming up. Oh, my God. He's going to have to do the voice like this. He's already done that. I know. Twice. I know. Yeah, that, that's all I have. Like I said, I have I have big news for later. Okay, great. So we'll I, get to that when we get to that. All right. I yeah. don't think it's worth spoiling which means that you're just gonna have to keep listening if you if you want to hear this 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 burning hot tea <laughs> that I am going to spill. Yeah, uh, I say we power through this movie just to get to that, that moment. Scene? I agree. <laughs> yeah. It's because as we've already mentioned, this movie is nonsensical until you completely understand what's happening, and then it just drags on for an hour. Yeah. So first thing we need to discuss is that we're going to go through this movie nick cage scene by nick cage scene for new listeners not sure if i've noted that yet hi hello (laughs) wow i feel like you never say your own name on the podcast i always introduce you this is my co-host hannah i mean am i supposed to then repeat yeah you should every time every time i say something you should repeat it right back to me my co-host hannah (laughs) hannah how are you i'm hannah (laughs) (laughs) okay let's uh get into the movie (laughs) i like it let's do it okay so the first time we see nicholas cage is we immediately establish that he is a truck driver and he's in his truck talking on the phone to somebody at a gas station or some shit doesn't matter really what i want to talk about is his look because my god he is serving up a luke (laughs) in this movie serving on a platter so he's he's a truck driver so he's wearing like a flannel or something he's got a gut like that we have not this is the worst shape i've ever seen him in it's real bad um except for well no adaptation was a fat suit right yeah yeah so he's also got a beard and he's got like this mullet that is coming out of his trucker hat in a way that is reminiscent Mm -hmm. of, of one of those like novelty hats where the hair comes out of the brim correct <laughs> yeah yeah it's one of those not the brim or the the rim the yeah the, yeah, the, the base the, or whatever <laughs> sure whatever the, <laughs> the hat part the hat part the part that goes on your head you know the part that is the hat <laughs> that's where that the part of it out. yes exactly and it's scraggly and black yeah it's so gross it's and real gross his, it's a trucker hat I think that you says mentioned that. yeah it says turkey and the wolf on it are you going to look I up Turkey know. and the Wolf? Okay. While you're looking that up, I'll keep talking. He's also wearing like 12 rings on each finger. He's got like one of those hands full of rings. Which I don't remember when it was, but I, a few weeks ago, talked about an interview that I... Yeah. yeah. He has one that represents New Orleans and one that represents Vegas or something like that. Or mm. Italy. Uh, Scotland. Scotland. Because he bought a castle there and then had to sell it because sure. he didn't... <laughs> have any money 
I bought a house in Scotland and all I got was oh, the stupid ring. Turkey and the Wolf is just a sandwich shop in New Orleans. Oh, that's cool. I wonder if they got oh, anybody. Says, oh. In 2017, it was named the number one best new restaurant in America. Whoa. I wonder if it got anybody to come in and be like, hey, I saw your hat on that movie in Between <laughs> yeah, Worlds. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we should go. We should go. Yeah, we should go. What are you doing right now? <laughs> Let's, Let's stop this podcast right. and get on a plane. We're back. Wow. It was so good. Oh, my God. Turkey. I had both turkey and wolf on my, <laughs> on my hoagie sandwich. I thought, I thought you were going to say I had the turkey sandwich, and I was going to say I had the wolf sandwich, but you beat <laughs> no, me to it. No, I had both. Yeah. Really interesting combination. A little gamey. Not as gamey as you'd expect, <laughs> right? Actually, well, they've got a they've got a beautiful au jus to dip it into, you know, like a French dip, but with yeah. wolves. Is the S pronounced? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's two semesters of French pass fail for you. Yeah, and you like made fun of me the other week for pronouncing con like canis. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, juice. We haven't even gotten all the way through what he looks like. <laughs> So Nicolas Cage is also wearing a large shark tooth necklace. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the look. <laughs> In this gas station, Nicolas Cage decides to go to the bathroom or some shit where he sees a large burly man choking a woman. And this is the woman, Franca Patenka or whatever her name is. <laughs> Mandy Patenka. Mandy Patenkin. It's not Mandy Patenkin. What a role that would be for him, though. <laughs> Um, he sees this man choking this blonde woman and he's Nicolas Cage lets off his first scream here you don't understand we don't hurt women down south I think he calls him gator <laughs> I'm not sure who cares the woman then gets down on the ground seeing that this man is knocked out and starts yelling at Nicolas Cage. You've ruined it. You've ruined everything. We're like, why? What? What is happening? Nick Cage, <laughs> like, she runs out to Nicolas Cage's truck, tractor trailer, and is. And they have the weirdest conversation. I don't... I, I We couldn't follow it. <laughs> like, after this scene, we looked at each other. We're like, we have to put subtitles on. Because I can't follow the logic. Could not comprehend it, yeah. a moment no. of that film. <laughs> like, this scene is so weird. So he, at one point, this woman is about to like pass out or something because she was just getting choked. And he, at one point, like <laughs> claps in her face. And then he also, like you're trying to hit five buttons at once on an elevator panel. <laughs> he like does this claw at her as he's talking. And I just don't get it. And we're immediately, Hannah and I are just laughing. And that's probably what? also why we missed plot points. Yeah, that's points. true. We were like cackling over the film, not paying attention to what was going on. Because we assumed it wouldn't be so hard to follow. Right. They have this long conversation about vasoconstrictors, which like caffeine is Vasovagal. A, yeah. Like constricts your, yeah. your blood. So she's is like- Is that what that's called? Vasovagal? Uh, no, that's that's a bagel shop down the street. <laughs> I'm not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've already established on this podcast that I'm a scientist and I was unfamiliar with the term at first. So that's why I made a joke at your expense. Uh, vasovagal sy- syncope? Mm. Oh, so that's the disorder. phenomena. Okay. Oh, that's the phenomena. Okay. But a vasoconstriction is a constricting of the blood vessels. And because this woman is apparently so used to getting choked, she knows... How to get her blood returning back to her head. Why she's so used to getting choked, we'll we'll find out. It's explained in the next scene. I get Oh, before we leave the scene at the truck at the gas station, I don't remember how the conversation goes, but Nicolas Cage pulls out a a picture of his wife and daughter, and he goes, Oops, they're dead. (laughs) It was something along the lines of like, she was like, I've got to go get to my daughter. And he's like, she's like, do you have children? He's like, yeah. But oops, they're dead. I don't. I, <laughs> it I, made I, me so uncomfortable. It was. I'm uncomfortable re-explaining it right now. So the whole premise at this point, another thing that we learn is that 
this woman's daughter was in a motorcycle accident and is in a coma in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she has to get there, but not before getting choked. So what we <laughs> learn in the next scene, which is Nicolas Cage is driving her to Mobile, I believe, to go see her daughter yeah. in the hospital. What? What is this character's motivation? Nicolas Cage's character. Yeah. Yeah. Unclear. For driving her from wherever. Right. We also established that Nicolas Cage is a drunk. Like, he's mm-hmm. a truck driver, but yeah. he's always drinking out he of his a flask. flask. Would you? If I saved a woman from being choked in the gas station bathroom. And then she yelled at you for saving her. And then she said. Would you say, said, well, fuck you. I'm out of here. I, or would you try to learn more? No, I would call the police. <laughs> like a human being. Okay, but if you were, if you were, a, if you were drunk. <laughs> uh-huh. And also were a truck driver. <laughs> okay. Well, truck drivers have like beds in their trucks, so it's like you're I don't think you're allowed to drink in the truck bed, but you can be drunk and be like, "Look, that's like my home. That's where I sleep basically." Yeah. So So would you invite her to chill with you? I no. <laughs> no. She'd be like, "Drive me to Mobile to save my daughter." I'd be like, "Get a cab." Call the police. Or yeah. So we find out, we're delaying this too much. We find out in the truck that when this woman was a little girl, her sister drowned in like a frozen lake and she almost drowned so that when she loses like oxygen, yeah, when she was constricted, yeah, when she gets into like a state of death where she gets choked out, I guess. She can visit the other side. She can go between worlds. She can see dead people, essentially. She she visits people as they're dying and, you know, in purgatory or something or what have you. So that's why she, she can convince people to not die. Yeah. Yeah. Is it she convinces people to not die or does she convince like the devil? No, no, I don't think there's any <laughs> no. devil involved. Okay. I think what she does is she can tap into people's spirits and convinces spirits to stick around the body. Okay, so yeah. this was not well explained. Not at all. Notice the number of times we're saying, I think, in these sentences. So in this truck, as all of this exposition is happening before our eyes, just going way over our head. And very quickly, too. Very quickly. Nicolas Cage is doing his bad driving acting, where he's just, like, randomly pulling the steering yeah, wheel. his arms are jerking around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he also takes a swig of his flask that, remember, he's a drunk. He drinks all the time. But he does this huge wince. Ooh, ah, ooh. Like, they're drunk, man. Come on. Like, you've played like a you drunk. You can handle what? it. You can handle it. Like, I don't know what's... I don't, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. He made so many choices. I originally wrote down about why this woman was getting choke, choked. I wrote, woman gets paid to get choked so she knows how her dead sister feels? Question mark. That is not the plot of this movie. <laughs> but so, imagine. Yeah. Imagine watching this and needing to put, the, you know, like... Yeah, you got to put this all together yeah. yourself. Yeah putting like 476 and 24 together it's like you gotta do a little bit of math it's 500 <laughs> right that was a really easy math exam were you going for a difficult example <laughs> or were you going for an easy example i was going for a difficult example and i ended up just saying random numbers <laughs> that just like ended up equating to a very round number i think that speaks to how intelligent you are because because you know inherently that those numbers add to 500. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think so. That Thanks. was impressive. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, that's, I'm very impressed with that. I don't think that I could have come up with two seemingly random sounding numbers that happen to add up to something even like that. Well, I'll just give myself a little pat on the back while we uh, yeah, you should. move on here. All right, let's move on. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're having fun talking about this one. So it's going a little slower than I had uh, originally planned. So Nicolas Cage takes the woman to see her daughter at the hospital. He gets back in his truck and he goes home and the movie ends. Oh, actually, no. Wait a minute. He goes in the hospital and lingers around like a fucking creep. What are you doing? I wrote down several times. Why are you in the hospital? Why are you there? 
And I guess he's being supportive to this woman whose and daughter's drunk. in a coma and he's drunk. So I guess he's got to sleep it off. His inhibitions are up or down. Lowered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the woman, seeing her daughter still in the coma, decides to get choked by Nicolas Cage so that she can re-enter her other world to try to convince her daughter to stay in the body. Nicolas Cage is the first person to see the daughter wake up from her coma because the mother is asleep in, in the lounge or the waiting area. Nicholas Cage is like, oh, I'll go get your mother. I'm sorry. Or I'll go get your mother. <laughs> and the woman has like a star the is daughter. born moment. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, the daughter has like a star is born moment where she's like, wait, I just wanted to take one more look at you. And it's at this point where I go, oh, Nicholas Cage's dead wife is trapped in the body of this daughter. <laughs> immediately i called it we're like 15 minutes into this movie and we don't really understand how scientifically or spiritually right this all works right and yet we knew that we knew it immediately <laughs> i was like oh okay got it <laughs> like it made no sense for like a good 15 minutes but then right at that 15 minute mark i was like yep i'm in i got it it still doesn't make any sense no that's true that's true but, but nicholas cage's character does not pick up on this. No. She even says, like, I'm not good on my own. She says it several times. And that was the last thing Nicolas Cage's wife said to him. <laughs> was was those words, I'm not good on my own. I mean, if if your significant other died, wouldn't you remember, remember. the last thing that they said to you? Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Especially something weird like that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I guess it's a fairly innocuous phrase. But I it's not. So. It's not. It's a weird phrase. It's not like, all right, I'm going to go get some eggs. <laughs> and then it's like, man, I knew she went to the grocery store, but I don't remember what she said she was uh, going to yeah. get. Okay. It's like, I'm not good on my own. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. does that mean? Yeah. Well, we find out what that means oh, later God. on. We'll discuss that when we get to it in a moment. But so Nicholas Cage. So now that the daughter's feeling better, Nicholas Cage takes the mother back to her house where they pretty much immediately start banging and it's gross it is gross and graphic it's really what did you say it was like the lewdest movie that that raunchy raunchiest movie that like it's Crude. i mean you don't see anything below the belt but like it's real humping you oh not in Later. this scene not in this scene <laughs> later we see some things through some other things which we'll talk about but so uh. Yeah, three days goes by. Nicolas Cage, who's a truck driver, delivering something that has to be somewhere on time. I mean, should we should we talk about his performance? What performance? In in like the sex scene? Yeah. It's gross. I don't wanna I don't wanna harp on it. He's grunting, he's thrusting. His his face. I don't I was trying to look at anything but his face, to be quite frank with you. He's in horrible shape. Terrible. We mentioned <laughs> yeah. that earlier. But he is he is not good looking. No. And so <laughs> I feel really bad for his co co-stars. Absolutely. I wrote down several times these poor women. <laughs> these poor women. They're probably just like they're probably like, you know, their friends are like, "Ooh, I can't believe you had to do those scenes with Nicolas Cage." And then they're like, "Yeah, well, he's an Academy Award winner, so it's okay." And he's also known to be very professional on set. Yeah. He's had some alcohol-induced outbursts offset <laughs> in his personal life, from what I understand, Nicolas Cage. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if three days have gone by. Nicolas Cage has still not delivered this package, whatever he needs to deliver. He then helps the daughter into her room and when the daughter comes back from the hospital and she's immediately hitting on him. And this is actually where I wrote down... Nick's dead wife is definitely trapped in this woman's daughter's body. <laughs> that's that's like my sixth line on this page. So he goes to drop off the, the, the truckload that he was supposed to three days ago. And they say, we'll pay you $20. And he's like, oh, come on, man. Like, there's probably some screaming in there, but I'm not going to cut it in because it's sort of justified. I guess. And he's like, I had to help this woman and her daughter have a heart. And they go, we're going to take your truck and he's like well at least give me my personal belongings and they're like that's not how this works go so talk to him keep his truck yeah right? yeah so then he drives his truck back to the woman's house but they kept his personal belongings we later which find is out just like yeah. a shoebox 
with pictures of his dead wife and daughter. So anyway, he gets back to the woman's house, and he's acting crazier than he's already acted in this movie. He's drunk, he's high, he's just doing this weird acting. He has this really loud laugh at one point. Oh my god. So, he's terrifying. It's it's like wheezing? Yeah. I hated it. Ah, terrible. <laughs> but I also um, loved it. But also, at the same time, the daughter... So then he... Wait, when does he say, like, Ricardo? Ricardo? Doesn't he say, like, Ricardo? <laughs> it might be a different movie. It sounds like something he'd do, but I have no idea. I think he says something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's having this drunk high sex with this... Worman, Worman, with this woman who's German is what, I, who was what the I was German to say. Worman. This Worman, the daughter. My daunt- dirter's been murdered. My dirter's been murdered. So the dirter is watching them have sex, and he's screaming about the Exorcist. He's like, "Be like Linda Blair and say fuck me," like in the Exorcist. So he then. He screams very briefly as he's outside fixing his truck that he got back, except he did not get his personal belongings. And he screams. So after he has that scream while he's fixing his truck, the German woman comes back out and says something along the lines of like, hey, how are you feeling? And he does like the back to the future laugh. (laughs) The... (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. Are you going to cut it in if you can? Uh, yeah, yeah. I could, I could cut them in side by side, see how well of, a, of an impression I did. <laughs> Insane. Insane. So he goes inside and there's a moment where he, okay, first he sees the daughter changing, who's changing with the door wide open and like looks at him, gives him a wink. Yeah. Then they're like waiting for dinner to be prepared and the daughter starts like, working him under a blanket in front of the mother and he doesn't stop her not at all i mean the daughter's much more attractive than the mother but she's 18 she's of age 18 i know she's 18 and he's 60 it's disgusting (laughs) of course it is but uh so this is where nicholas cage gets on the phone and screams at some dude named larry who won't give him back his personal belongings i don't give a goddamn what the law says larry Apparently, the law says that you can keep someone's personal belongings, but you have to give them their truck. It doesn't make any sense. What law? Right? And then Nick Cage is pissed. He's like, they're not giving me my personal belongings. I'm sorry. They're not giving me my personal belongings. And the German woman, the mother, is like, I bet you want the pictures of your wife in the wedding ring. That, And he's like, yeah. Yeah, of course. Do. They're my of personal course. belongings. It's my dead wife. Of course I want her ring back. Like, it's sentimental to me. And yeah. she's like, Ugh, okay. Do they establish how long it's been since his wife and daughter died? Maybe a couple of years. Maybe okay. like three years, five years, something like that. I don't know if it's ever fully Long enough that he's like, cool moving on. Yeah. With this German woman. Right. But not long enough that he's like, let me just not worry about my wife's my dead wife's ring any longer yeah yeah i so i think i don't know if that ever would be an appropriate timeline (laughs) to not worry about that but i don't know you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah so (laughs) she's all over this thing right now so we're a little distracted this week (laughs) are we gonna talk about it we can okay our cat is being very annoying oh my god so I just I just put on a video on my phone from YouTube for her and it's like cat TV and it's like squirrels and stuff and she's just attacking my phone right now. And she she's like getting ready to pounce. It's crazy. <laughs> so anyhow, this like the very next moment Nicolas Cage explains to this German woman what happened to his wife and daughter and that the he always spent so much time on the road she always said i'm no good on my own and she fell asleep with a cigarette in her hand or mouth or something that lit the whole place on fire the fire spread to their daughter's room and he lost both of his wife and daughter in a fire and he he got so upset to retelling the story he couldn't say his daughter's name he said it's just too emotional for him he couldn't even say her name out loud so then 
the German woman goes away somewhere, and Nicolas Cage has a run in with the daughter, the 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 German woman's daughter, and she's uh, really laying it on thick that she's seducing him, and then goes, "It's me, your wife Mary. Remember our daughter Sarah?" And it goes, "Womp womp womp," and it, it, Hannah and I are just, "We know, we knew this, we knew this from like day one." And he's like, "How did you know her name?" I never I said didn't, it. I didn't say it I never earlier. Said it. But it's anyway. Like, she's our daughter. Yeah. But anyway, this poor, relatively attractive uh, 29-year-old. Now she's 29. Well, this was only like two years ago. So she's 2017. Yeah, yeah. Mid-20s actress has to make out with 60-year-old Nicolas Cage and act as though they're having deep, passionate sex. Blech. Gross. Uh, the German woman comes home. She's immediately sus and spiteful. And they're of like weird Cage. and kinky too. Oh yeah, they get they get weird. <laughs> so then we go into this montage of Nicolas Cage and and this young woman having sex, and it flashes back to his actual wife, who's also way too young to be his his wife. Looks similar to the to the daughter, like thirty years old. Doesn't make any yeah. sense. So those they're intercutting those scenes together, and they're into some kinky shit. One of the kinky things that they're into is the wife loves when Nicolas Cage reads poetry, like sexy poetry to him. And so she says, read me a passage from memories while they're having sex. And Nicolas Cage goes, okay, picks up a blue book. That's very, like, very obviously handmade. It's a fake-ass book. (laughs) And it says Memories by Nicolas Cage. What? On the book, it says Memories Memories? by Nicolas Cage. And... I think I noticed it before you did, right? Yeah, I think and so. And I said, pause the screen now. Yeah. 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 I've... N- First of all... Yeah. I... It's so meta and so weird. I need to know more about this, please. Well, Nick says mm. that he thought that it would be extremely funny to break the fourth wall. It is. It was funny. I So laughed. it was his idea okay, to be meta like that. Of course it was, yeah. Um, And then I watched this or read this interview and someone asked him if memories by Nicolas Cage was real Mm. what memories would you put in it oh 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 god oh geez so memories by Nicolas Cage was a sexy poetry book so I'm curious as to what he would put in there I'm gonna read most of this wow okay go for it nothing to do with sexy poetry (laughs) no sexy poetry It's no secret that I've been, and still am, a huge fan of Prince. Like the artist formerly known as? (laughs) Okay. I thought, like many of us, that he was a pure artist. I would and still do think about what he would do. Like, if I have a question about, should I do this or should I do that? I often think, like, what would Jesus do? Like, what would Prince do? (laughs) What his perception would be, even though I didn't know him. But I was a fan And I would go to his concerts, and the best concert I ever saw was in England. I wrote him a letter thanking him for the wonderful music. I found out that he liked Sherry. And when I was in New York making a movie, I went to a store in New York, and I bought him a bottle of Sherry. Okay. And I sent it to him with a note. Around the time that I had been on deck with leaving Las Vegas, and whatever happens in terms of the Oscars happened. That sentence made no sense. No. I went to Elton... No last name. Elton, he's like on, as in Elton he's John? Elton John. He's on first name basis. I went to Elton's Hollywood Oscar party. At that time, I was still with Patricia Arquette, and I had the award with me. And we walked in, and there was Elton, and he said, you know, Prince is here. Isn't he a genius? And I said, yeah, he's a genius. He's one of my favorites of all time. So I walked through the party, and Stevie Wonder was there, and I told him that I Jesus. used to call Patricia my golden girl after the song, and he took her hand and serenaded the song to her. So I put the award on the table in front of Prince, and I remember asking him if he got my letter, and he said yes, that he was very happy that I was there. I never asked anyone for a picture, but I remembered asking for one with Prince because of the monumental way that he motivated and inspired me. I asked him for a picture, and he said, no, I just can't, and I was in shock, but I understood, and I still love him. I had read some of his interviews, and I knew that he didn't like the idea of the photograph, quote-unquote, taking his soul. What is he, Amish? <laughs> he was very sensitive about technology, but I still find it amazing that I got to meet one of my heroes, and we had that exchange. Not the memories that are no. portrayed in this movie. No. That's... Did that story make any sense? I mean, it made sense. 
like I followed it logically better than I followed this movie. (laughs) But but like what a party. You go to Elton John's John's house, house. run into Stevie Wonder and Prince and you're Nicolas Cage and Patricia Arquette. Yeah. What a what a what a Hollywood royalty. That is some getting together. That is a party. (laughs) So that's what he would write about if Memories by Nicolas Cage was real. I think he took it as like a memoir. Right. Yeah, he didn't take it as a Not sexy poetry book. As a sexy book. poetry book. <laughs> Which is portrayed in the movie. Of those people at that party, who would you like to party with the most? Stevie Wonder. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like he parties the least hard, but no. he's really I feel like he parties the most hard. Well, I don't think he parties Not I don't know, drugs. Cage. Prince partied pretty hard. Yeah. So did Elton. Yeah, he, he yeah. I don't know moments. if I want to. I don't know if I want to party like that with them though. Well, this is '90s. These people oh, too. Yeah, maybe I do want to be at a party with Stevie Wonder then, in yeah. comparison to the others. Yeah, it's a little. If tame. you asked me five years ago, I would tell you like <laughs> Prince. Probably. <laughs> I think for me, it'd always be Prince. I don't know. Stevie Wonder sounds like he'd be so fun to hang out with. Oh, absolutely. But I, like I said, I don't see him being as much of a party animal as Prince. That's or Nicholas Cage, that, or, yeah. or Elton John I mean, in the '90s. <laughs> I mean, if it's the four of them, I'm picking Nick Cage. Oh yeah, well that. But if yeah. you're asking me between the, the musicians that are there, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Mm. Okay, I guess yeah, Prince. Prince sounds fun. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I just strong armed you into picking I Prince. <laughs> I don't care. You don't Any care. of them, if I got the opportunity to party with, I would be on board. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Will not discriminate. Right. So, anyway, Memories by Nicolas Cage. That was a weird-ass thing that happened. Wild. <laughs> Wild. While the Nicolas Cage and the daughter are having sex, the daughter possessed oh, by the wife. Sorry, one yeah. more thing. Yeah, what do you got? Um, so, on Reddit, there's a page called One True God, and that's oh, yeah. what a lot of people call Nicolas Cage, like mm-hmm. a lot of his big fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I guess after this movie was made, there was a full like Reddit subpage called Memories by Nicolas Cage. Nice. Yeah. There's actually uh, one of the Instagram accounts that were, I think we're mutual follows. It's called Memories by Nicolas Cage. Yep. That's now why. I understand why. Exactly. That's, I was like, that sounds so Shout familiar. out. Yeah. Hey, shout <laughs> out. <laughs> so, all right. These graphic sex scenes, he does have a random scream because he hears the mother coming home when she walks in on them. The German woman walks in on them and Nicolas Cage screams because the, she, the daughter's like, it's just our cat. And Nicolas Cage screams. A cat? You don't, you don't have a cat. You don't have a cat. Speaking of cats. So she walks in on them and Nicolas Cage quickly puts some clothes on. He puts on a t-shirt and what can only be described as a banana hammock. Uh, just a male G-string. His junk is out there. What is the pattern on this piece of like underwear. a leopard print maybe like a like, a, like maybe snake like snake skin yeah maybe maybe like a snake skin it was or an very animal print. it was very skin toned where mm. it took me a moment to realize <laughs> oh he is covered yeah i thought that he was just fully in the buff like he's flopping around in that thing and we it the camera's on it for talk about if we do a minute by minute yeah, we would right. have a whole episode where we just talk about nick cage's <laughs> dong i was gonna say dog too <laughs> <laughs> so they're all arguing with each other i can't believe you slept with my daughter it's ah, not what you think she's possessed by my dead she's wife. my wife yeah and it gets to a point where nicholas cage's wife or the daughter knocks out the mother the german woman. <laughs> the german woman so then she says we need to get some cash i know where we can get some cash so we can start our life over and they go to the daughter's boyfriend boyfriend's house this is the daughter before she gets possessed has like these two stoner friends one of which is her boyfriend drug dealers drug dealers who they always have cash on them so they get to the house they immediately get in there nicholas cage smacks one of them in the head with a baseball bat the other one pulls a gun there's a struggle over the gun and the other kid accidentally gets shot they steal the cash and they get out of there nick cage is very upset about this they go to their old house, which is now partially burned down, but partially still there. I guess nothing happened to this house. I guess maybe Nick Cage still technically lived there. I guess he might have yeah, still owned the house. Yeah, we never see where he lives. Yeah, exactly. He pr- see his truck. Yeah, he probably always lived in, like, his stayed in his truck and didn't really want to go back to the house. 
So he gets back to the house, and it's like half burned down, half still there. Nick Cage... Wait, that's why it's like kind of questionable as to how long it's been. Right, right. Nick Cage goes into his daughter's room and finds a jack-in-the-box. Dude. (laughs) I wrote down jack-in-the-box dash why. What are we doing? What is this movie doing? Why are we zoomed in on Nicolas Cage's face as he slowly opens a jack-in-the-box, cries, laughs, (laughs) cries, laughs again? I don't get it. We had to wa- we had to listen to the whole song. The whole like enough. <laughs> Why a Jack in the Box? Why not a teddy bear? Doesn't make any. Who plays with a Jack in the Box? Anyway, Nick Cage is dead drunk. He's like he's pissed drunk by nightfall. Then suddenly, there there's he and the, he and this this daughter possessed by the wife. They're they're trying to get their life back together. But then, out of nowhere, who comes bursting into their house but the stoner friend who lived and the mother. and now The German the, woman. The German woman. And now there's this Mexican standoff. Everybody's pointing guns at each other. Uh-huh. And Nicolas Cage just ruins a perfectly good scene. You know, the mother's like, the mother's like, I know, I, I pull, I'm so sorry, I pulled in the wrong soul from the afterworld. And the stoner friend's like, I don't know what's going on, but you stole my money and you killed my friend. And she's like, I'm taking Nicolas Cage and nobody's got to stop me. Everybody's got a gun and a bat and a knife. And Nicolas Cage is just maniacally laughing and crying on the couch. And then he gets down on the floor and starts crawling around. And... It's a true spectacle. And it's so odd. And then the 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 <laughs> daughter who's possessed by the wife goes, I told you, Nicolas Cage, I'm no good on my own. That's why I had to murder our daughter and make it look like an accident. And we're like, holy shit, okay, there's a reasonable twist we didn't see coming. And Nicolas Cage is just like, It's just like like rolling on the floor. Makes no sense. I wrote down twice. I wrote it down twice. He ruins a perfectly good scene. This is where you need that director to be like, okay, Nick, I love your energy, but bring it in. Br- bring it back in a little. Oh, my God. Anyway, the, da- the daughter... He keeps winding up with these directors where they just let him do whatever they whatever he wants. Well, the budget for their movie is I like know, it's $40. A, a song and a dance. <laughs> And they're like, we got Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage for a hot meal. You know, <laughs> you know. Let's use him. Let him do whatever he wants. So <laughs> so the so the mother I like to picture <laughs> that in like the seven weeks that it took to film this movie. He got he one was hot given meal. One hot meal. Were the rest of them cold or was he just not fed for the rest of the day? Yeah, there's a box of cereal on set. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can I have this? I love frosted flakes. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> You can have it, sure. You can have more than that. No, I just, I can only have one hot meal a week per contract. <laughs> How'd he get that fat? Yeah, right. <laughs> one hot meal. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, he, he definitely had more than one hot meal a week. But the way this movie ends is that the the mother and the stoner boyfriend come up with a plan to get the mother to essentially die so that she can enter the afterlife and convince her daughter's soul to re-enter her daughter's body and not Nicolas Cage's wife's soul. Mm-hmm. And so the mother dies and that happens. The mother gets shot and she dies and the daughter and the, in the son, they or the, I'm not the son, the daughter and the boyfriend drive off and, and they drive away. They get out of there because Nicolas Cage hearing that news about how his daughter actually died, douses himself in gasoline and lights himself on fire in terrible CGI the worst fire. CGI. He hardly reacts. I don't care how drunk you are. You're going to react a little bit. And uh, the movie actually ends with a flashback to Nicolas Cage's youth where he turns out he kills his father because his father was abusive to his mother. And then credits. I wrote down a closing thought, Han, which we had discussed earlier today. I feel as though Nicolas Cage looked at this character and said, I wonder what emotions I should give this character. And then he decided on all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Any other closing thoughts from your end before we get into some Nick Cage awards? No, Nick is doing the most while this movie and the plot is doing the least. 
Yeah. And expecting the audience to do more work than oh, we yeah. need to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is an investment on your part, the audience. However, so fun. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. And we, we laughed the entire time. Oh my god, incredible. And I it sounds like Nicolas Cage also laughed the entire time when yeah. he watched it himself. So we had some fun with it. I think you'd have some fun with it if you'd watch it, fellow listeners. Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but you know watch at your own risk (laughs) it's on netflix so it's easy to find at least american netflix (laughs) so let's do the awards let's do some nicholas cage awards as we always do first award is best supporting actor who do you got Ugh. i mean it's the mother or the daughter i guess right or the the stoner boyfriend daughter yeah the The daughter was was so bad the daughter was better (laughs) wait oh we didn't talk about a major point (laughs) Do you want to say it? The other, the nurse. Oh, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> so the first time that the mother goes in to save her daughter, usually I guess everybody else in the room Into is- Into the hospital. In the yeah. hospital. Everybody else in the room is frozen, but the nurse turns around and she's like this African <laughs> nurse who's got this untold wisdom. She's like, you can't be here. <laughs> And then, like, the mother hunts her down later, and she's like, I don't understand. She's not my daughter. And it's like, yeah, you brought in the wrong spirit. And we're like, yeah, we know. (laughs) Why is there, like, a soothsayer? I don't know. There's just, like, this clairvoyant. There's, like, this Whoopi Goldberg-type character. You ever see? I, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg Ghost. from Ghost. I've seen yeah, Ghost. Yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't mean because she looks nothing like Whoopi Goldberg. No. She doesn't sound anything like Whoopi Goldberg, who has a very distinct voice. <laughs> I have to look up who she is. I feel like I actually may have seen her in something else. She looks kind of like um, Ronnie in Schitt's Creek. But I think it's really She's just because. She's in How to Get the... Away with Murder. Oh, okay. They have the same hairstyle. That's why she looks like the. Her woman name from is Creek. Gwendolyn Malumba. Cool. Are you giving Best Supporting Actress to her? Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. She was a no kid. No Nick, Nick yeah, Cage they, they were not. He, she didn't support him no. as an actor. <laughs> That's okay. Also, you originally said the daughter. We didn't mention this, but when the daughter is possessed by the wife, she's inexplicably evil. Yeah. She's just like evil. She's got this scowl on her face always. She's like has like a maniacal smile. Yeah. Here's a real question for you, Han. What is the best dressed moment of this movie? Is it the banana hammock or is it his classic look with the trucker hat? Oh my God. I just don't want to think about Mm -hmm, banana mm -hmm, hammock ever mm -hmm, again. mm -hmm. And I like with the trucker hat how it's very obvious that he's not wearing a wig under it, but the hair is just attached to the hat. (laughs) Right, right. And it's from my favorite new restaurant, The Turkey and the Wolf. Yeah get the the di- wolf blints yeah <laughs> i was gonna say the diablo the wolf diablo that's a yeah. band name anyway wolf diablo it'd be a cool band name I oh. mean. it's the house band at turkey <laughs> i have to give into the hat the hat okay because i don't want to think about the hammock yeah ever again okay fantastic Worst Nicolas Cage scene. I think that it's obviously the end of the movie that he ruined. (laughs) Fair enough. Writhing on the floor. Ruining it. Ruining the scene. Ruining the movie, in fact. Um, Best. (laughs) This movie was ruined. It it, it had no chance from the start. Absolutely. Best Nicolas Cage scene. It's Memories by Nicolas Cage. Wow. So that like montage of the sex scene, like where he's reading the book. Because that's the that's the Maybe premise that's, under which he's re- reading okay, the book. No, then it could also very well be the end. <laughs> it's both, it could be both the best and the, the best worst. and the worst scene. What are what are the contenders for best? Because memories needs. I'll just skip ahead. I'm going to say the most nouveau shamanic moment. Yeah, is him including memories by, memories yeah. by Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's the gas station in the beginning. No. And then pretty much everything else is Wait, when moments he's at the super woman's house. drunk. Yeah, when he first shows up to the house. Doing weird shit and yeah. laughing. Yeah. You like that one as the best scene? 
I kind of like I, I like either the last scene or memories as the best scene because I, I feel like I those think are the most funny. memorable. I think it's funny to say the last scene because we also made it the worst. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm in. All right. So we already discussed Nouveau Shamanis. Because Yeah. Like if we're looking at this movie objectively, mm-hmm. it's clearly the worst scene. But if we're looking at it through the lens of how much fun can we have, it's clearly also the best scene. 1000%. <laughs> All right. So that is oh the God. best scene we already did the nouveau shamanic which is usually our last award but this time our last award will be best nicholas cage scream we've we've only really got a few we've got yeah hey, audible like yeah you know sentences that he yells yeah hey next time why don't you wrestle a man gator uh, <laughs> yeah. there's the loud laugh um i don't give a goddamn what the law says larry and you don't have a cat <laughs> I like. I don't give a goddamn what the law says. <laughs> I think it's like the quietest of the screams, but it is it is aggressive that line. And also, that scene makes no sense. <laughs> None. Why did they keep his personal belongings but give him the truck? Un- unclear. Doesn't no, nah, doesn't make any sense. Just to fuck with him. All right, Han. Where are we ranking? Where are we ranking this oh one? Where's Left Behind? Um. Where's National Treasure Two? <laughs> <laughs> Left Behind is all the way down at number seventy-seven. National Treasure Book of Secrets is all the way up at number 14. Oh my god, no. It's not going that high. So this is actually number, what, 90 or 91? This is number 90. Because because Memories by Nicolas Cage is in this, I want to mm. rank it lower, uh, higher, whatever we want to call it. Okay. As one of the better movies. Correct. Okay. I want to put it in like the 40s. In the 40s. Let's or start the high 30s, low 40s. High 30s. Let's start at 30s. Well, all right, let's go with something. Speaking of named Joe, Bangkok Dangerous is number 38. Uh, Better. Better. Then we go up to Lord of War at 37. Better. The Croods at 36. Better. Snake Eyes at 35. Comparable. Mm Mm-hmm. What's 34? Birdie. Put it at 35. So between Birdie and Snake Eyes. Mm Mm-hmm wonderful all right yeah this was it was a delight a ton of fun <laughs> it absolutely but was. a atrocious mess absolutely. an atrocious mess absolutely well Han, that just leaves one last agenda item and that is next week we are watching one of my all-time favorite movies spider-man into the spider-verse i believe it's also the last 2018 movie where we're seeing it is yes wow yeah so we might switch roles next week should we do that should we do that i mean wow that would be weird why not i know right i feel weird to yeah we should should we film like on a friday so that it's like a freaky friday (laughs) that's so stupid pretend i didn't what are we filming oh no no, (laughs) record i know know. yeah i like that idea because i will give some background info on the movie and then there's only a few nick cage scenes so you you can do it next week oh can i yeah do i have your permission i mean to be fair i do a lot of work for this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i have taken over ownership of this podcast (laughs) you do i'll give you that okay i just show up yeah Show up and look pretty. And yep. By God, you're it's pretty. my job. Yeah, hell yeah. And I do it well. You do. If I may say my, so myself. All right, our cat is dying to get out of this room. Absolutely. And as am I. Uh-huh. So I just want to remind you, as yeah. always, mm. we are very much here for you through Nick and Thin. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. No. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, what happened? It's, it's complete distraction. Yeah, what happened? I'm drinking a San Pellegrino. Oh, you don't have to talk about it on air. <laughs> Oh. oh, Mike, I was just curious. You made such a face. The ingredients. Uh-huh. Black carrot extract. The fuck is that? <laughs> they let a carrot rot so much that it turns black, and then the mold spores are supposed to be really good for you. It's not true. No, it's not true at all. <laughs> and then it just says carbon dioxide. Yeah. They pump carbon dioxide into it to make it fizzy. Yeah, but like you never see that on sodas. I feel like you see it on pretty much every soda. No. Carbon dioxide is not like a byproduct of the fermenting process like it is in beer. It's pumped into the soda to make it soda. How do you pump a gas into a liquid? You just put a bunch in there. And then you keep How? it in, and then you pe- keep it in a pressurized container. 
What do you mean put a bunch in there? You can't put some gas into something. You can. How? It's like you can't pour gas. What are those little bubbles that come up in your soda? You can pour gas. How? It's it, not liquid. Yeah, well, but it has liquid properties. Is it denser it, than air? It, uh, it can't be. No, I don't think so. Well, so carbon you dioxide, O2. Yeah, it's our byproduct, so it floats. Yeah, I don't know. It probably it gets whooshed around. <laughs> How are they putting it into the drink? I There's a very refined Do they process. put it in when they can it? Or do yeah, they p- probably. Not when it's made. I would imagine carbonation is the last step. So quality control, how do they know if something is fizzy or not? Well, I mean, they just pump those out of a factory. So, you know, then then their carbonation machine would be down or their CO2 tanks would be out. And they would know that it wasn't fizzy. How do you measure the amount of gas that you're putting into a liquid? There's like regulators. I have a regulator on my kegerator downstairs. That puts CO2 into the tank, into the keg. Why is it heavy? Why is what heavy? Your tank, your CO2 tank. Well, it has to be a particularly sturdy metal. (laughs) Cutting all of this out. I'm not keeping this in because I'm probably getting half of it wrong. (laughs) It has to be a particularly sturdy metal so that it doesn't like, you know, spontaneously combust or that air doesn't escape it. Tell me more about that black carrot mold. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> I have to cut this out, right? Like, I can't keep that in. Because like I said, I probably got a lot of it wrong. That's fine. Let's keep you humble. <laughs> no, we'll see. We'll cut it out. We'll see. Um, You were talking about... The okay. Daughter, right, okay. Okay. The daughter. Yeah. What? <laughs> you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicholas... Oh, yeah, I'm not good on my own. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, I'm just waiting for a pause here. 